1: I'm your host, Kiri Masters, Head of Retail Marketplace Strategy at Acadia. And today I have a special episode for you. It is a replay of an episode on one of my personal favorite podcasts in the space, Unpacking the Digital Shelf, presented by the Digital Shelf Institute. And my colleague, Ross Walker, who is a retail media team lead at Acadia, joined the hosts, Lauren and Peter, on that podcast a couple of episodes ago to talk about Amazon Marketing Cloud, and Ross is a total Amazon Marketing Cloud or AMC geek and got on that show to talk about very pertinent points um, related to AMC. What What is the platform? What can it do for you? How to make the most of AMC? A really interesting part of the conversation I thought was about use of third-party tools and dashboards and use of Amazon themselves um, to build AMC Uh, dashboards and and queries for you. What really is a good use of time and budget there? So if you're new to Amazon Marketing Cloud or just looking to brush up on some tips and best practices from someone who is tapping into that data source every day with clients, I highly recommend a listen to this episode. We are re-airing it courtesy of the Digital Shelf Institute on this show. And if you're looking for another e-commerce, podcast to add to your regular rotation, definitely recommend checking out Unpacking the Digital Shelf. All right, let's listen to the conversation.
2: Hey everyone, Peter Crosby here from the Digital Shelf Institute. With market share and profitability becoming ever more important in this economic era, using data to get more revenue juice out of every marketing squeeze is on the top of everyone's list. Today's guest thinks that a good amount of that juice can come from a savvy use of Amazon Marketing Cloud. Ross Walker, Retailer Marketplace's paid media team lead at Acadia, joined the podcast to walk Lauren Levac Gilbert, and me through the data that will drive the business metrics you want from your Amazon marketing campaigns. Trigger warning, incremental ROAS may be discussed. So Ross, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We are thrilled to dive in on the topic of Amazon Marketing Cloud with you today.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
2: Yeah, I think so much of this present moment that we find ourselves in is about trying to squeeze performance uh, out of every marketing dollar spent, uh, every campaign, every product page, et cetera. And Amazon Marketing Cloud really does feel like uh, an effort on Amazon's part to provide data that can help their brands do it. And therefore Amazon makes more money. We make more money. uh, They make more money and uh, the consumers are hopefully happier. Um, You know, they'd always done that, but they really have up leveled the playing field of that with Amazon marketing cloud. So uh, we, we are delighted to have your brain here. So tell us more about AMC if we can shorten it for the rest of the podcast and and why it's important to brand manufacturers who are trying to make money on Amazon.
0: Yeah, it it would be my pleasure. So AMC is, um, it's kind of all over right now and um, you see in a lot of thought leadership it getting mentioned and you'll probably have heard an Amazon rep mention it, like here's what we could do. And maybe you have a vendor calling you saying we can provide AMC services and it's all kind of nebulous. And and it also sounds super complex, but I, I think at base, what What AMC is, it's an open database. So it's a place where you can ask Amazon um, questions about the data of your account um, and complex questions, questions that we haven't been able to ask before about how your um, advertising efforts for sponsored products interact with your advertising efforts for um, uh, DSP and programmatic, about how your um, streaming TV investment um, it later impacts your sponsor product investment. So there's a lot of really cool um, data that's now available to us that never was before. And I think the main reason why um, is because it's Amazon has so much data, their problem is actually, well, how do we package this and get it to people? And so AMC is, their fir- AMC is the first really big new foray into that to offering you um, the ability to ask complex questions and not wait for them to develop you know, knowledge products for you to consume. Um, So, so I think that in a nutshell, that's what it is. Um, And it can be both very complex and require someone to know how to write SQL code, and not just any SQL code, but the SQL code that um, that Amazon uses. So that's a very unique skill set that uh, raises a bit of a barrier, but that's not all that it has available. There's also a set of um, templated questions or queries that any brand can use to get insights into how their advertising is performing um, in a deeper level. Uh, so so that I think I would say is what AMC is in a nutshell. And it's super valuable because a lot of it is net new data that helps us make tactical decisions that can improve our performance today.
2: Yeah, we had a really smart Amazon expert um uh, on our podcast, Martin Hoibel, who's who has his own firm called Consultants, he's super, super smart, and he was saying one of the trends that he's seeing is Amazon is that they're trying to have fewer and fewer humans doing things, and and essentially his wrap up was kind of like your growth on Amazon is gonna is essentially your total responsibility. Like Amazon's not gonna have a lot of people or human resources, or even their joint business planning is getting a little bit more distant, or or spread spread thin, and so they're building these things to automate as much of it as yeah. possible and put the onus on it. Does that does that uh, That was the first time I'd sort of heard that. It doesn't surprise yeah. me, but does that make That's sense? That's a great to
0: you? way. That's a great way to think about it. Um, they've uh, outsourced um, the analysis and the, even the data pulling portion of of the business, though, so that what would have required an army of people on their side to deliver insights they've kind of just said like, okay, here, have at here it.
2: you go.
3: <laughs> Good luck with <laughs> that.
0: Figure it out. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is great, honestly. I, pre- I much prefer that.
3: And I'm sure brands also prefer it because they're getting access to the data, but they have to have the ability to splice and dice and figure out what it's saying. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine it Paints a much broader picture than they've ever been able to look at. Where I feel like previously you get one data set, and you'd have to have an analytics team internally to take that data set to match it to your sales data, to match it to your other data set to make that full picture. But it sounds like you can do that with with Amazon Marketing Cloud. Is that the case? And and how would a brand think about doing that?
0: And that's a great that's a great question. So it, it's like if if a lot of things in the past seemed causal. But a lot of activities in different areas seemed causal, but there was no way to link them together. What AMC does is it just breaks down the barrier and and it allows you to say like, all right, when I um, invest in this area of my business, if I spend more on certain DSP campaigns, this is how my sponsored product campaigns are are affected. Um, I can see my customer journey from first seeing an awareness campaign to them finally making a purchase when they search for my branded term, um, far, far down the line. And with that, that data, um, it's, it's always been a challenge, right? Like how much data there is. And most brands sort of like are awash. And now I think they feel more than ever now that they're awash in data. Um, they don't know what to do with it all. And so what, what we've tried to do as much as possible is to like, Open up the storytelling that comes with AMC, so you can you can make really good tactical decisions. And we've zeroed in on some queries that we think are much more impactful for like the short and medium term um, that manage that that matter to e-commerce managers, um, and a whole other set of uh, queries that are really valuable for uh, managers of brand and marketing budget and and where their their KPIs are very different. So um, there's really something for everyone. There's something for the executive that wants to understand um, which of their products are, um, driving the most new to brand customers. So we know where to invest in new product development in the future. Um, there's a set of queries that are really great for telling you which of your campaigns are the ones that are, um, helping to drive like final conversion. Um, and like what the path to conversion looks like for your e-commerce manager so they know where to invest their budget um, in different tactics. And then there's something in there for like the super data nerds that to, to let you know like uh, what at what frequency and on what device uh, is the optimal like media mix. So, so there's really something for everyone.
1: And could you
3: use it to target a specific audience? Have you seen a brand say, okay, I'm looking for this kind of shopper in this area or who shops at this time of day. Is that how you're seeing a lot of brands using AMC from like a targeted audience perspective?
0: So AMC doesn't add a new, a new, any kind of newness to that kind of targeting. Um, Okay. You can do with, with Amazon DSP, um, you can do, and and now with Amazon sponsored products, there's some new day-parting features to be able to target the time of day a little bit more effectively. But what AMC does do, what it does give you an insight into, um, is um, more of like the the holistic the holistic questions about. Um, uh, what time of day people might be converting best or what time of day um, your ROAS is best. Those are really great insights to be able to then layer into other tools that that actually activate on your campaigns. From an audience perspective, what's new for DSP is a set of queries that we always knew should exist, but but never did in the past. So a set of audiences that we always knew should be available, but but never were. So, for example... Um, if you're in the e-commerce world, you'd be very familiar with a campaign that um, hits your cart abandoners. So you can target people who have added to cart, but, but not purchased. And there was nowhere in the entire Amazon ecosystem for you to be able to do that um, uh, until AMC came around. And so now AMC says like, dear Amazon, <laughs> um, give me a list of all the people who've added to cart in the last 90 days and not made a purchase and turn that into an actionable audience that I can leverage on, on DSP. And we found, for example, that in the lead up to a big event like a Prime Day, um, those kinds of campaigns perform really well because they remind people who already raised their hand to show interest that the product is now on promotion, increasing their likelihood to purchase. But then incredibly after the event, tons and tons of people will have added the cart, added their product to cart and then done more research and done more consideration and decided, you know what, this is the product I want to buy. I just discovered it on Prime Day, but I wasn't ready to purchase it. But, you know, a month later, yeah, now I am. And we see that that, odd, that that DSP campaign that's utilizing that unique AMC audience is performing incredibly well. So that was a really cool insight. We wouldn't have had that without AMC. That's That's completely net new.
2: I'm picturing a whole bunch of Prime campaigns that are like, just think about it. <laughs> Come back to yeah, it in right. a few days and yeah. pay us more money. <laughs> that's
0: right, 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 right. I mean, that's. Like, I mean, honestly, the focus of a Prime Day is always like now's the time to buy. But like, it's all it, we've always said that it's one of the best times to increase your reach, um, to touch to touch new customers. Um, and now we have a bunch of really interesting tools through AMC to to retarget some of those unique behaviors. So another really unique audience that you can build out of AMC is to say for every person that was exposed to campaign X, I I want a list of those customers um, that that didn't purchase. So if a bunch of your customers are exposed to one of your campaigns, they click, but they don't purchase, or they view, but they don't purchase, um, I can now set up a follow-up campaign for all of those people. Um, So this is a set of people who've been exposed to message one, let's serve them message two. And that is a really unique opportunity um, in the DSP platform. um, That's been really, really powerful for our uh, streaming TV, more like upper funnel campaign. So like for someone who's watching something on, uh, on their connected TV and they get served a a streaming ad, um, I can now retarget that whole group of people who saw my video ad with like a more e-commerce focused ad, and those have been really impactful in increasing the ROAs of our um, overall marketing.
2: And do you see that these kinds of impacts? You know, I'm thinking of kind of the as we were talking about the opening, the desire to drive more top line growth through, you know, existing, uh, you know, without um, unnatural acts. And and do you feel like this presents the opportunity to actually? Forecast what the uplift of AMC could be to my business if I'm doing it. Do you know, do, do you have a sense of? Uh, I, I use the word promise. I'm doing the air quotes, but yeah. what you can promise to a client, like you give us six months, we'll give you X. Or you know, what what are you seeing there?
0: I, I don't really see the opportunity to put a number value on on utilizing AMC just yet because it's super it's super dependent on the brand, each brand, and it's super yeah. dependent on like what kind of tactics they are running. But I will say this. For all of those brands for which we're doing full funnel marketing right now, or even um, even even smaller brands that aren't doing too much full funnel marketing that are keeping things like pretty close to um, pretty close to just Amazon, maybe dipping their toes in DSP. Um, that what AMC has done is, is it's unlocked all sorts of insights that help that has helped them make marketing decisions and catalog decisions that has grown their bottom their top line revenue. So um, and, and help with the bottom line overall. So for example. Yeah. With AMC, we're identifying um, which of the products in the assortment is the best at bringing new to brand customers. We're putting more dollars behind those products and we're seeing um, the channel grow as a result because those are the products that people are willing to pick up at a higher rate. Um, And so for a lot of brands that have been like stable or plateau for a long plateauing for a long time, they don't know where to place their bets. AMC is really helpful in helping you place smarter bets.
2: So, you know, one of these things that, that, I mean, you've been talking a lot about sort of tactical campaigns that are finding opportunities in the moment and going, but is there a a way in which AMC can help you predict or think about future purchases to, to lead to opportunities that... Uh, the consumers may not even necessarily have thought of themselves yet. <laughs> it-
0: <laughs> there's, a of, um, there's a couple of really cool queries. One of, one of them is called the, I mean, I, I hate to say it out loud because it sounds so corny. Um, I don't know who's in charge of naming these, these queries at Amazon, but it's called the ACE and Overlap Report for Upselling. And I'm just in love with this report because it does exactly what it says it's going to do. It tells you after someone purchases product number one, what is the likelihood that they're going to purchase product number two and product number three and product number four. So it takes your whole, say you've like 20 different products that you're selling. It will tell you after someone buys your hero product, 10% of them are very likely to buy this other product in the assortment. And 2% of them are likely to buy a third product in your assortment. And if I know that data, then I can calculate really clearly what the future total growth of the account could be if we sell more of the first product. So super, super exciting for us to be able to give clients insights into how we can merchandise their product better, how we can create more virtual bundles that um, package together products that people are likely to buy, and also how we can cross-market, upsell um, their current assortment in a way that's data-driven. So I can say, yeah, people are really likely to buy these two products together based on the AMC data. Let's market them together.
2: So talk to me about... um You know, this makes me think a lot. There's obviously, when I think about the org that's required to make use of this, Mm. and it seems like there must be kind of a maturity curve of your customers that have not even heard of AMC yet or something, and then all the way to people that are organizing around it in a very sophisticated way. Um, How do you think about sort of, and, and in your case, their clients, I imagine, how do you think about sort of that range of clients? And and what do you find that those that are best successful have in-house that they need? And then what do they do with you? You know, what is that sort of to make it the biggest use of this? How should you organize yourself around it?
0: I mean, I'm a little bit, I'm I mean, like, I'm a bit biased on this. I question. know you
2: are. <laughs> for people, for people have their grain of salt out Ross, but I, I think it's important because you spend every day in this. So I'm giving you I that have, chance. I have
0: yet to, um, I've yet to work with a brand that has, um, outsourced AMC insights to a third party tool um, that delivers them a dashboard or a database um, or recommendations. I've yet to meet a brand that's utilizing that in a way that successfully drives actual changes in their account. So a lot of the times companies will pay for a third party tool. um, They'll get access to a ton of data and then no recommendations, no idea what to do with it. And they're in the same place they were before, but just with more data. Or they partner with Amazon. And Amazon says, we'll do the AMC for you. We'll help build you a dashboard. We'll give you the insights. So they get another report. No idea what to do with it. No recommendation that comes with it. So what we've tried, like what I think we've thread the needle really well on, and what I encourage any brand to do, is to like work very closely with your agency to look at the queries that are available. Um, And then to just set touch points and say like every month or every quarter let's look at this data let's see how it's changed and let's be very intentional about um developing a recommendation set that comes from um the amc insights that i've seen so i think like um it's important to have someone on the team um, on your agency side, who like is very knowledgeable about what the data is that's available and what 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 are the new queries that are available because it's always developing. So you need to have that. You need to have an agency partner um, or someone in house that can that can do that. You don't have to have someone who's really SQL savvy to be entry level. You can get away with, I think, a lot of AMC insights without that. Um, when you move to the the sort of medium medium tier of AMC utilization. Um, then you might start to uh, be ingesting someone a little bit more in-house to have someone who's analyzing the data more frequently. And the highest, the sort of highest tier of AMC use would be connecting via the API, building a lot of dashboards for your team. But then you've got to have someone to interpret interpret that data. It's not enough just to collect it. You've got to have someone who's dedicated, who can boil it down to tell a story to say, okay. CEO, e-commerce manager, here's how our budget allocation needs to change. Here's how our marketing should change. Here's how our catalog needs to, needs to change. So you've got to have that person with that capacity somewhere sitting in the in the mix. Otherwise, it's just more data and it's not functionally useful.
3: And what I'm also hearing from you is AMC is not this golden thing that's going to solve all problems. Like you use it in conjunction with the other data sets that Amazon provides to really paint that whole picture. Is is that true based on what I'm hearing from you?
0: Yeah, 100%. And like, even, even on my team, I've got, you know, team members who will, okay, I'm really excited about AMC and I've got the report and I provided it to the client and then, okay, nothing happened. And I'm like, all right, well, hold on a second. Let's like, let's look at this. You've got to have the data and you've got to have some analysis and you have to have a recommendation that's attached to it. And that's the hardest part. It's, it's somewhat, you have to be somewhat creative about it um, in order to, to make it work for you.
3: And I might be incorrect in this, so let me know if I'm totally off base, but I believe you can also upload your own data to AMC. Is that correct? And they they totally, they get rid of any of the proprietary information and they make it easy for you to, to de-identify is the word I'm trying to find, right? <laughs> correct? And then you can use that data in conjunction with what's already in AMC.
0: That's right. So, so part of what makes AMC um, even more unique is it's not just a, it's like, it is functionally meant to act as what's called a clean room, so which is to say that anonymous data can pass in and out, and no one will know exactly who the users are. Um, which is like the prompt a really important promise of Amazon that they don't expose your user data to to your advertiser or to anyone really. It's it's only they know who your users are. Um, so it does that with its own databases, like its own data about. DSP and PPC and Amazon attribution—it pulls all of that and anonim- anonymously will tell you this number of users do this action, but but not who those users are. And it can do the same thing with your own CRM data as well. So you can upload or even pipe in via API your own CRM data to understand. Um, so here's all the customers that we have currently that can all be uploaded and anonymized. So Amazon doesn't know who who your customers are currently, but they can take the metadata around it, where they live, um, what their zip code is, what their phone number is, and match it up with their Amazon customer database and say, okay, your website customer is also an Amazon customer and their path to purchase looks like this. So like they started on Amazon and they ended on your website or they started on your website and they ended on Amazon. Um, and it—and you can create lookalike audiences from that and say like, all right, the core customer set that I have on my website, I want to create a lookalike audience and target them with Amazon DSP. And those are tactics that are very familiar for anyone who's in the um, Facebook marketing world um, or, or any just kind of e-commerce marketing. Those are tactics that they'd be familiar with. And, and Amazon with the marketing cloud has added that capability to Amazon sellers.
3: And do you find that a lot of brands do that and and they're uploading their own data or are they more? <laughs> the, no, no, okay. No. No,
0: <laughs> I find very few, very few brands are utilizing this capacity, mostly because they're cagey about sharing their their data with Amazon. But also, I think the use case hasn't been proven out too strongly yet. Um, that that there's a lot of incremental value from going down this path. Um, but for me, it, it is the I think it is the future of like a holistic marketing strategy, not to segment Amazon and e-commerce into a silo and just think, like, no, this is where we could do a lot of marketing efforts here. Let's have maximum data available.
3: So in terms of AMC and what it's, what is available, what else is there from a customer standpoint uh, in terms of new brand data or new to brand data? Is there anything around that, that that brands can use to identify who's new to their products or their brand?
0: I think this was one of the things that I was most excited about when, when AMC first got released. Um, and it was the ability to understand how um, some of my current marketing efforts on Amazon are are performing from a new to brand perspective. So it's always been the case that we only knew this new to brand metric, which is to say someone who's purchased from our brand and who hasn't purchased from our brand in the last 12 months is counted as new to brand by Amazon. Um, So we only had this metric for a couple of ad types, um, sponsored brands and sponsored display. And that typically makes up less than 20% of most brands investment in the Amazon ecosystem. So uh, a lot of, um, a lot of brands are investing 80% of their budget in sponsored product ads, which is to say search ads. And they never knew how good those ads were at driving new to brand customer acquisition, because for no reason at all, you don't have that KPI associated with that ad type. But AMC does surface it. So that was one of the things that I've been most, it's one of the first queries that I run for any brand is to say, like, let's look at your actual data. Let's see which campaigns are the best at driving new-to-brand customers and let's include that in our evaluation at how how impactful and effective they are. So I can take a brand that's been spending very little money on a certain campaign type or ser- targeting key, using keywords that don't perform super well from an ACOS or ROAS perspective and I can show them that most of their new-to-brand customers are being driven by this campaign and we can scale it up and see great impact to the the total revenue of our account.
2: And when, Ross, when you think about Kind of that balance in this next couple of years, uncertain economy, you know, all the blah blah things we know about the the macroeconomic environment. Do you feel like uh what is the balance between new to brand, which I think is often a lot, like you said, where people put their their Attention versus getting more out of the people we already know. Do you do you feel a shift happening there? Is there sort of new logo, new logo versus existing upsell kind of thing?
0: I think that um, as Amazon sellers and vendors have become more savvy over the years, I think that new new to brand was a a metric that a lot of brands cared about um, because it helped to show. You know, incremental new customers, which is a super yeah. valuable KPI for anyone looking at growth. Um, but more important now than ever, I think, has been um, has been the the value in you know incremental growth for any brand. And new to brand is a great KPI to show that. So I think it's only gotten more more important for brands to understand um, understand that metric. Um, and and in many ways, it's a better metric than ROAS to go off of when you're looking at the effectiveness of, of any one channel. Um, and I've seen a lot of retail media networks bring that KPI to their um, to their own platforms um, because it's such a powerful story. Uh, at the, however, as as brands have become a little bit more savvy, I think it has actually lost a little bit of its interest. I think brands are much more interested in overall market share now than they've ever been before. Um, and so new to brand feels um, it's valuable, but it's started to become a little bit more of a vanity metric in the way that, that ROAS has become very much a vanity metric. Because you can kind of achieve ROAS with any mix of advertising that you want. And, and now I think customers are understanding like, mm, yeah, nudibrand is actually something that you can kind of game as well. What I really care about is market share um, and, and overall profitability. So I, I think I think it's lost a little bit of its luster there, but it's still super valuable.
3: Ross, what do you think of iROAS? I've heard a lot more people talking mm-hmm. about ROAS in that way. Is oh, that yeah. something that you're talking to your clients about and using yeah, as a
0: Let's go down that road. Um, <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that a lot. Um, it's super common. Um, and I think they've done a great job branding the term, um, even even though it's like a, a kind of like a, a bog standard concept.
2: Um, I'll be like the it. dumb person here. Could you define I <laughs> in IROAS?
0: <laughs> I, the I in IROAS is incremental ROAS. So oh, like, thank you. Sorry. If you're already spending $10, if I spend $15. What's the incremental sales lift that I should expect on top of what I normally sell? And then what's the incremental ROAS that's attached to it? Um, and it's often calculated as a function as like an opportunity function. So which is to say, if I'm, if I spend more in this area, I have a much higher likelihood of driving incremental sales than another. So you you use it as a value to evaluate where you should be spending to grow incrementally. Um, and And I'm like, I'm a big fan of the concept. I don't call it IROS, but but I'm a big, big fan of the concept.
2: <laughs> no, um, why okay. do you not? Why do you not call it IROS? What's your reason? Came out.
0: It came out It came out a, it came it out a month or two it ago. Um, someone you know very clever put put that one together. Um, and I guess I'm kicking myself for not having thought of it. First,
2: but, <laughs> so so is it trademarked by someone? Anyway, we, we can, can talk about like this. It Feels
0: way. like it at this point. Oh um,
2: you know, God, probably, yeah. Okay. Probably. So probably, what do you call it?
0: I mean, I would just call it your incremental ROAS. So like, yeah. just, we're brilliant at shortening, and, um, and that's, that's sometimes that's all it takes, right? You can, call it, mental,
2: you can call it mental. mental ROAS. Maybe <laughs> use the other part. Of that.
0: <laughs> I mean, the, the thing that like people are always asking, like, how do I grow? How do I grow my channel? And I think what a lot of brands have experienced over the course of the last three or four years is working with in-house teams, or or agencies, or Amazon themselves where the answer was spend more money to get to grow your market share. And they didn't. And so now a lot of them have like they're wary of investing in the channel because they've been burned. Like we doubled our spend and our sales didn't grow. And I always and I'm like, that's where I start to salivate because I know that the problem is a media allocation problem, a creative problem, an assortment problem, not a budgetary problem. So like if you gave me the same budget, I'm certain that I could deliver better results. Probably because someone felt handcuffed or hampered by, um, you know, what their performance had been in the past. They weren't f- focused on incremental ROAs; they were focused on some other metric. So it, it's a. Uh, It's a really important concept for anyone to um, keep in mind because retail marketplaces are growing and continue to grow and they continue to have a higher share of ad spend for any brand. I think they're expected to grow like 10 to 14% this year compared to Facebook and Google, which are likely to plateau or even shrink as a percentage of overall um, ad spend. So in that environment, it's really important to know how to grow with your dollars.
2: So to sum up, if you're having trouble growing on retail marketplaces, you have to call Ross. Is that is that your...
0: I should tattoo that on my forehead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to seeing that shortly on, on LinkedIn. Um, so I don't know if you've heard of this uh, thing, newfangled thing called AI. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just wondering, do you have any prognostication about where... The capabilities of AMC are going to go over the next year. Say what people can look forward to. Uh, yeah, so any inside a, scoop? There's
0: there's a couple of um, there's a couple interesting interesting things when it comes to AI in the world of AMC. So initially, the, I think the the previous iteration of I think it was GTA three, not GTA four, which is like the essentially like the version of um, of AI that's available through chat chatbot GPT. Um, so the, the previous iteration could not understand um, the SQL code used in used by Amazon to to write or read queries. Um, what I had read is that the newer version was better at it, which is to say, you could ask Chatbot GPT to write you a query now that would actually work because it understood the code better. And what I and now I'm not internal testing has not proven that to be the case just yet.
2: Um,
3: <laughs>
0: But what I imagine becoming the future is either Amazon incorporates um, an AI function into AMC so that someone in natural language can write a question and and the AI can interpret it and spit out a query that will give you the answer. Amazon has just invested a lot in a new AI, not a new AI startup, but like another AI company. Um, And I imagine they'll be looking for use cases to put it into all all of their products from Seller Central and Vendor Central to the Ad Console to DSP and AMC as well. Just to, again, as you say, remove human touch points wherever possible.
2: So if you think of our listeners who are, well, they're probably pretty far into their 2024 planning Mm. um, and budgeting and all of that, thinking about driving top line growth and incorporating AMC into the mix, like do you have advice that you would have someone keep in mind as they're figuring out the next year's strategy?
0: Yeah, so I think you definitely want to have the capabilities to understand the unique data that comes out of AMC for what you're already doing. So you, you need to have like a set of you know monthly queries set up to track your neuter brand for your campaign so you can have that insight when you're when you're analyzing performance. You need to have a query set up that will give you your top products for new to brand customer generation so you know where you can place bets to potentially grow into new markets um, or or new niches that you're not dominant in already in the future Um, you know you need to have a query set up that will tell you what your customer path to purchase is so you know if it makes sense to invest more in sponsored brands or dsp or awareness tactics Um, so you've got to have those like baseline things in play um, so that you can make I think th- those are like table stakes now for for Amazon um, so if you're not doing if you're not doing those things um, it's likely you're leaving some either low-hanging fruit on the table or some great opportunities on the table because those are not hard insights to get at um, they're not hard insights to understand um, and they should just be part of your regular monthly review of your account so I would say you've got to have a partner or someone in-house who can do that to make uh, 2024 a great year
2: that is great advice and there's so much more at acadia.io i know um if you go over to the site retail media marketplaces and then look for amazon marketing cloud there's more there we'll put a direct link in the show notes uh and ross thank you so much for for bringing the amc uh, info and certainly mental roas is like right in my brain now so (laughs)
3: my, my <laughs> new brother.
2: trend thanks. Thanks, for, thanks for having we, me Appreciate yeah you. no of course happy to
3: thanks Ross
2: thanks again to Ross for all his deep data on AMC there's more where that came from so swing on over to digitalshelfinstitute.org and become a member to stay on top of it all thanks for being part of our community